Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Recorded live. It's 7.05, and I'd like to call the 16th of June Board of Directors meeting for our Geocaches organization to uh, order. Uh, roll call. Digger 9. Here. Dodge Cardock. Here. Hillfolk. Here. 24 Hawkeye. Here. I will pee. Greetings. M for ISU. I'm here. Sheldon. Here. The Weasel. Not here. Okay. Has everybody had a chance to read, even if you haven't had a chance to read the uh, April minutes, are there any corrections, changes, discussion points? Just that we talked a lot. (laughs) There's... There's a couple of typos, but the the, the I think the general uh, ideas were covered. Well, it was the secretary's nightmare. Yes, I'll bet it was. I thought you did yeah. a great job considering how much we talked. Yeah, exactly. Um, I need to approve as is. This is in price here. Twenty-four Hawkeye seconds. All in favor, say aye. 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 All opposed, say nay. Hearing no opposals, the minutes are, April minutes are, or not the April, the May minutes are approved. Oh, I've got a typo in the uh, agenda. Uh, treasurer's reports. Everybody took a look at that, I'm assuming. Anybody have any questions or corrections to that? Let's check in PayPal. I'm sorry? What's the check in PayPal? Oh, the total? The total yeah. between PayPal and checking currently is $5,690.02. And two cents. Six nine, uh, five, six, nine, zero, zero, two. Correct. Okay. Hearing no other corrections or questions, uh, anybody have a motion to approve the treasurer's report? I make a motion to approve the treasurer's report. I will second. All in favor say aye. 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 All opposed say nay. No nays. Treasurer's report approved. Uh, public comments. Does the public have any questions or comments for the board uh, on the front end of the meeting? Tim, guess four, anybody? Or not Tim, I'm sorry, Jeff, guess four. I got it in my head you were filling in for Tim. Hearing no public clamor for comments. Old business. 
Uh, anybody have any old business that I did not enumerate? I just have a couple of comments on a project that we um, offered to DTC Bears in the Quad Cities regarding the museum okay. uh, project. Um, Dave has worked well with all the museum managers. Uh, the project has been published. There are, I believe, 11 caches at 11 separate museums. He, he provided all of the containers, worked with the museum managers. Uh, the cache is published sometime last week. And um, there's also, uh, Dave put out a bonus cache. He, he added something in each of the 11 caches to uh, accumulate information to get a bonus cache. Um, I've put a watch list on it, and it seems to have been well received at this point. Dave did a wonderful job in representing IGO uh, in this matter. Very good. Um, there was also, now that you mentioned that, there was also a request from um, the cashier here in Des Moines to do something for the Clive Fest. I have failed to find anybody that had time to do anything with that. Um, I'll keep trying. I know their time is probably getting short, um, but we'll see what we can do for them, if anything. I think the event's not until July, so there's been a little bit of time left before, uh, until the end of July. I think it's the, the third weekend or so in July. Any new business? Hearing no new business, we'll move on to committee reports. Legal bylaws, Twyla, 501c3, she sent in a report, um, well, mostly just a an explanation. Um, anything new on that in the last 24 hours, Twyla? No, like I said, I, got a, I did talk to Jill Evans, who is an attorney, and also a geocacher, but um, the only information she would give me was what we already had. So um, I just thought Liz has that uh, connection with the Alaska group, and they have it done already. And I, I, I'm thinking our best bet at this point is either A, to see what they did and send them what we have and see if they have any red flags, or B, hire an attorney and get it done. Well, I never had any communication with the group. I just was looking at their website. Okay. Uh, I know that a previous director had tried to make contact with the Alaska group and was not having very good luck. Um, yeah. So I'd rather not go that direction. I'd So with the options that you put out, Twyla, it's either hire an attorney because I don't feel comfortable just submitting it without some kind of legal advice, whether it's right. free or not. So, like I said last month, uh, I feel like the application it was straightforward enough that I, I, I think as a, a lay person, we could do this but I would not feel 100% confident going after it without some kind of legal counsel. I don't want to waste money, you know. Yeah, we've got a few thousand dollars, but there's no reason to waste money. I'd, I'd rather spend the money invested in, in, in uh, 
advice from a lawyer before we spend the money for the application, just to be sure. That's that's money better spent, I think. But that's just my opinion. Your your opinion is that we need to get legal counsel because that, that, there was a guy in Des Moines that supposedly had gone through all this stuff and was but and said everything was okay and then but didn't want to file is. And oh, that's gosh. what happened with him, right? So, you know, strange thing is, back then, Twyla, we were looking at a, a like a forty-page application. Wow. We were okay. aware of this easy application, and and that attorney in in Des Moines pretty much wanted us to do all the work ourselves. When a lot of it, we needed legal counsel to be able to answer the questions. You know, this ten, this easy form, I'm not a lawyer. I keep saying that. But I was able to go through all the questions and except for, you know, a particular, a particular specific classification uh, under the 501c3 law, you know, code or whatever, I, I didn't know which one we should go with. And I just suggested using the Alaska one because obviously they got it with that classification. But other than that, um, you know, like I said, the, the, that former lawyer from Des Moines, yeah, he was doing it pro bono, but we were looking at a 40-page application. So we're, we're, we're on, on new ground at this point, and I just would like some lawyer to take a look at it Either pro bono or charges, and frankly, I don't think it would take them thirty minutes to look at, look at the application and say yay or nay. And thirty minutes of a lawyer's time can't be, you know, but a couple hundred bucks at most. Well, I I would entertain a motion, um, Mr. President, um, if we need one. I'm pouring my second glass of wine. Pardon me? Or my second glass of wine. Slow down. Go ahead. But does anybody have a lawyer in mind? That would be helpful to form a motion. Well, I, I would move at this time to spend the two to three hundred dollars needed to hire an attorney if since we can't seem to find one pro bono to hire an attorney and have them look over this and get it done that's my motion i'll second that 24 hawkeye any discussion on the motion that has been presented to hire an attorney to look over the application before we send it in does anybody here tonight have any suggestions on where to where to go to find that attorney? Let's vote on the motion first. No, no, but I do have some questions. I mean, are are we convinced that we're going to get our money's worth out of this? We talked about it briefly last time, and I know you guys talked about it before and took the money aside. But I'm just I'm not seeing how this is how we're actually going to get money back out of this. You might be surprised, Mark. Well, tell me, in what way? If we get 501c3, I'm pre- I myself am prepared 
to make a hefty donation because I'll get the tax deduction out of it. As a matter of fact, I'll guarantee I'll cover I'll cover the the application fee. And that's the main reason is that you'd be able to accept a donation knowing that you're going to get the tax deduction. So in so you know, instead of doing a church or goodwill, this is just something else that you could add to your list of of uh organizations that allow a tax a tax deduction. Correct. Also if it's a five oh one C three organization and it gets into the system um quickly me as a Walmart worker um, will be able to um, be able to volunteer every quarter for IGO, and IGO will be able to get $250 every quarter. So that's $1,000 a year. By yeah. you, no, that's by you volunteering. Volunteering with our organization or? Right, right. Yeah, and there's some businesses that will match a donation too. Right. So if there's I a lot of three organizations, you get bigger donations. Yeah. Hey, I've got two questions. Number one, to Mark's line of thinking, and just play devil's advocate here, we've got fifty, six hundred dollars in the bank, basically. What are we going to use the money for if we get? a lot more. And then the second question while you're pondering that is um, right. Now my, my second question just went away. Well the first uh, question to, okay, go ahead. to answer the first question I mean we're going to be filing under an educational uh, yeah. Exactly. So you know you would use some of the money for uh, educating the public. So, you know, you could have, you know, 10 GPSs to, you know, so these classes you'd be able to use a GPS, uh, you know, to, to do these education. You know, like if you're going to do the Clive thing, you know, you could take take those there and you could have the general public you know. In other words, IGO could buy, you know, five, seven, or ten GPSs and have them as their own property to use at instructional events like geocaching, you know, geo 101s. Yeah. Uh, we'd also be able to provide, you know, uh, um, cover costs of, of uh, uh, you know, paper supplies and, and things like that that we would, when, when we are sponsoring like a one-on-one class, that kind of thing. And and also Hike and Seek and also the Spring Awards thing. Um, you know, a couple of us, President and past, have put out a lot of out-of-pocket money um, to make things nice uh, for awards, for uh, gifts, for all those things. It would sure be nice to not have to do that. So that when we do a hike and seek, you know the money's covered. You know, you know if it's going to cost us two hundred dollars to rent a hall, we've got it. If it's going to cost us 
you know, X number of dollars for um, the presentation part of it. And then I'm thinking Honey Creek part of the time because it's expensive down there. And and it, it would just be nice not to have to worry about that. And it, what if you just wanted to provide, provide hamburger to cook burgers at a potluck at, at you know, the right. hike? Big thing at, at at you know the end of the day of the hike and seek event. Yeah, right. I understand that you're you're all getting examples of expenses that can be spent. But I guess my question is still back to: we know that we're going to increase our number of donations because we are 501c. We have the potential is that, is that a, to yeah. increase donations because those donations now become tax deductible. We'll have to make sure that we are careful that. Um, the money that we get that we spend for educational purposes and not just to treat ourselves to lunch and parties as well. Right. Well, they're, they're, they are. I mean, it, it, when we are down at... I'm not we didn't do it this past year, but the year before we did had an actual 101 class. Hannah gave that class. Okay. Um, we had an educational class with uh, Repmo one year down at Honey Creek on GSAC and how to use it and how to use your GPS and how to, you know, do all those things. Yep. So it, it's always an educational thing. It's not been fun. Well, that also includes educating, you know, land managers and, and uh, law enforcement in, in addition to our members, you know, our geocachers. I'm, I'm just saying we'll have to be careful. Right. And make sure that we include those things. I mean, that's why we do all of the one-on-one stuff that we do now. It's, it's educational, the John Deere thing, the Warren County thing, and all of that. Well, and frankly, you know, this museum project, we could have provide, right. we could have purchased the containers that that DTC Bears purchased on, on his own money. Yep. Because you know, they the museums approached us and we gave them someone to work with but it was on day's dime you know that's all part of the educational project process yeah i do think that's a good <clears throat> question for a lawyer too correct he could give us some more direction on you know the classification of education you know what does that all entail we under 501c3 i think we'd we'd open our horizons a little bit but as brad's saying you know we're going to have to be more careful about dotting our i's and crossing our t's oh. but that increased flexibility with additional funds gives us the opportunity to do more things that we'd like to do that we haven't perhaps done in the past because it's either you know can we spend it can we not spend it you know, most of it comes out of directors' pockets on a, you know, goodwill thing. It, it, it might be easier and more flexible to be able to do these things without having to burden our directors with, you know, hey, that's a great idea, but will you pay for it? You know, if we know Eagle can pay for it under under structured rules of the 501c3, it it just it opens many windows. Okay, any new discussion? Any further questions? Kelly, I'm going to put you on the spot. Could you repeat the uh, motion on the floor, please? Yep. Um, let's see. 
spend 200 to 300 need to hire a lawyer have them look over and get it done <laughs> and and, and maybe we works. shouldn't even put maybe I shouldn't even put the 200 or 300 dollars in there what the motion should be we should I would move to contact an attorney to look over our application and for further advice and submit to um, the IRS, I guess, and get our 501c3 status. With reasonable cost. With a reasonable cost, yes. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Thanks for the clarification. Uh, hearing no further discussions. I think I think we do. I think we do need to cap that. So that's part of my concern. I don't want to vote for something and I don't know what we're spending. So if you think we can get it done for two to three hundred, I would move to amend that by saying capping it at no more than five hundred dollars. That's good. Do we want to go that high? I think that's a reasonable number. How um, much was it? Five. And that was Mark? Yes. Do I hear a second to that amendment? Uh, Dodge Car Doc will second that. Okay, let's vote on the amendment to uh, let's vote to amend the motion on the floor to no more than five hundred dollars. All in favor say aye. 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 All opposed say nay. Passes. So then the motion is to Seek out and find an attorney to look over the application at a cost of no more than $500 to verify that we, and I'm paraphrasing here, we can go back and listen to the actual audio later, um, to proceed with the 501c3 application. All in favor of that motion, say aye. 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 Hey. All opposed say nay. Motion passes. Um, I would like to, with your uh, approval, uh, defer the bylaws discussion to the end of the meeting and go through the rest of the committee reports quickly before that. Is that, is that okay with you guys? Fine by me. Fine by me. Okay. Uh, anything new on the webmaster front, Liz? Nothing more than what I reported. Another quiet month. Okay. Uh, you were going to ask Mark about um, something in regards to... I'm stretching here. I'm sorry. Um, the contributing members and their ability to look at something. Did you get a chance to talk to him about that? <laughs> well, he and I covered that um, either at the Iowa Landmark event or just before it. Um, that that was pretty much in place before. We might have tweaked it a little bit. The, okay. the phone-a-friend list is now only accessible to supporting members. Okay. If you click on the the phone a friend link, yeah, that's another perk for contributing or supporting members. Yes, 
Yes. Got it. Anybody can click on the link, and you, you can see coordinates for people that are um, have listed themselves as a phone-a-friend. The coordinates may or may not help some uh, uh, a non-supporting member, but if you are a supporting member, you also get a phone number. Got it. And and as always, that's at the discretion of the person who is the putting out their name. They they don't have to put out their phone number if they don't want to. Uh, putting yourself on the phone a friend list is 100% optional. Got it. Uh, Tim, Cash of the Month, his report, as you all I'm sure saw, was that June was another open month. Um, everybody, please talk to your friends and email your friends and get them out there and nominate and vote, or vote at this point, um, please. Anything new on the Adopt a Highway front, Mike? Uh, Steve and I are working on... Uh, Lynn County adopt a highway, but nothing new to report. I will have a report next meeting. Got it. Uh, I can seek 2015. We'll start with 15. Pete, tell us how your group's doing. Got good news and bad news. <clears throat> the bad news is we've lost four members of the Hike and Seek Committee, uh, three to uh, family emergency and one to uh, a person who's just decided he's not interested in helping anymore. That puts the group down to eight from the original 12. Uh, we shuffled around a few responsibilities, and I think we'll be able to cover everything with regard to that, so we should be all right there. We've received permission for uh, the poker run caches from all of the uh, uh, COs of these geocaches, the poker run caches are going to be actually caches that are already currently existing. So we're going to be placing uh, <clears throat> a small container inside each of those uh, to set up for the poker run. And every one of the CEOs has said, absolutely not a problem. Please do so. Uh, we set up, we, had, we got together for a meeting last month, uh, a little bit after we got done with our board meeting, and hashed out some more responsibilities. We also set up a few timelines to try and see if we could hit targets for getting caches uh, marked and placed. Uh, the first target of 100 caches is supposed to try, we're supposed to try and have that done by uh, midnight Sunday night. I don't think we're gonna hit that. I think we're right around 60 caches at this point. Um, so hopefully we'll be able to uh, <clears throat> keep pushing forward and get that done. Uh, Dinner is all set for Friday. Uh, breakfast is ready to go for Sunday. I just have to build the cash page for the event, and since we're inside the 90-day window, I better get that done, and I'm going to try and make that a priority for the next couple of days. Anybody have any questions or concerns? Oh, I do want to mention another thing, too. Um, Fat Fuzz has submitted a series of uh, uh, requests for sponsorship uh, from a number of the local businesses, he's hit two that have come through. One is just a local coffee shop that down in the Millwork District of downtown Dubuque. They're willing to uh, be a sponsor. And uh, the Dubuque Advertisers uh, accepted us as a sponsor. They're going to uh, probably just use their venue to place an announcement in their weekly paper uh, describing uh, the upcoming hike and seek for free. 
So that will be a nice little bit of advertising that's not going to cost us anything. I have also submitted an email request to the Director of Marketing for Mercy Hospital in the hopes that they will also uh, accept the sponsorship and, and uh, um, provide some extra additional funds for us to get us through. I've also received uh, a permission from the Mercy Campus to place a geocache there for Hike and Seek as well. Um, I've got four other locations that uh, I still haven't heard back from, but I'm hopeful that I will in the next week. So we're moving forward. It's just not moving as fast as I had hoped. I think you're way ahead of, I think you're way ahead of the game anyway. Is somebody going to put a cache at the coffee shop? Uh, I think there's actually one just outside it right now. So I think that'll be there and ready to go also. Um, I'm not exactly 100% sure if – I know that the lady who, who runs the coffee shop wanted to have like five in her coffee shop if it was possible, but obviously. <laughs> well, you could. You could have an earth cache. You could have a where-I-go and a uh, and tradition. Yeah, I know, I know. Anyway, but uh, <laughs> we're moving forward in. Hopefully everything's going to continue the way we're going right now, and we won't have any other sidetracks along the way. Very good. Uh, I can seek 2016. Um, we have at least one submission I, I forwarded to the rest of you from Story County, um, and. Twyla, how are you doing on on the one that you're on your end? Uh, we will have we've got the committee together. We'll be meeting Tuesday, June 23rd. Anybody that wants to come over for that meeting in Preston, you're sure welcome to come. Um, we'll be deciding the theme. We will decide which of the two places that you know we have two venues. We can go with either one. One's more expensive than the other, so there would be a question for Liz when we get, you know, whether we can do this or not. Um, That's a scary. Uh, yeah, well, and, and Kristen is so excited about that possibility of us being there. Uh, the visitors and convention bureau people, they are already on board if we can do that. So it's just a matter now of deciding a theme, deciding the venue, who's going to do the catering, when are we going to have, uh, the potluck, if we're going to have a potluck, you know, that type of thing, and uh, hammering out the competition rules. If, if we decide to have a competition right now, Joel really does not want a competition, but I'm taking that information with me and presenting it to that committee, and hopefully within a day or two after that, Joel will have everything written up and submitted to the board. So hopefully by the end of the month, we'll have our... Um, I don't say our, it's really Joel's. Um, I can take 2016 proposed. Two questions, Twyla. Uh, Creston is in what county? Union County in southwest Iowa. Union, okay. And can you privately message me the question that you talked about? Oh, oh about, about the funding? Oh, funding? Why do you need to talk to me about that? Well... It, 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 you got the money, honey. <laughs> so I just, I'll just need to know how much we, how much we're going to allow. Uh, the one venue, I'll just tell you up front, they want six hundred dollars for the weekend, and it's gorgeous, it's beautiful, it's wonderful. Can't think of a, you know, it'd be a perfect place to do it, but six hundred dollars. I'm not sure 
how many sponsorships we could get to knock that price down. The other places that cover what? Uh, Pass tags, uh, venue reservation, what? I mean, we normally set a $500 budget. Right, but but yeah. Okay, and I'll talk to you about that later too, Liz. When we get a little bit closer, because like you said, there'll be the t-shirts and the tags and the lanyards and everything else. If the whole $600 has to go just to the venue, I'm not real sure this committee is going to want to put the rest of the bill. You see, and some of that money may have to come up front. This this is why that 501c3 would sure be nice to have. Right. So when we get a little bit closer, when we get a little bit closer, as soon as we get things nailed down, we will commit it. And, and Story County would be an awesome place to have one too. So I'm I'm not assuming that we're even going to get it in Southwest Iowa. You know, we'll put together a proposal, and and the board will just they'll pick. So my only comment to that is if if a certain group wants to host Hike and Seek and they already have a budget in mind that can be somewhat detailed, I'm sure that, that uh, there's nothing in writing that says we have to spend less than X or more than X. You know, we only have previous Hike and Seek budgets that we've used before, but I think with reasonable and documented information, I think the IGO board would would um, happily look at any budget that might be proposed as long as it can be somewhat identified as to, you know, where all the costs are and, and if there are ideas up front to cover additional costs. I, you know, it, it to me that's a kind of an open-ended thing, especially – it would change if we got 501c3. Okay, so... But that's all I have, Brad, so... Okay, so what should our response be, and maybe I'm going to answer my own question. So our response to Josh for the Story County thing should be, we would be great, we would be, we would certainly entertain your, your proposal, but at this point, you need to flesh it out more with venues and people and I don't know, what other details does so, he need to provide other than just, hey, I'd like to do this. Well, I, I think a proper response would be we would be happy to entertain a proposal from Story County, and it would be extremely helpful if you can provide additional ideas on venues and activities, et cetera. And and offer to, to you know, we've got a document somewhere that says, you know, this this is a general guideline for what what we look for at hike and seek. You know, offer that to him. Where is that document? Oh gosh, it's buried somewhere in my files. Everybody got a copy, I think, shortly after hike and seek last year. Does anybody remember getting that? I mean, we got kind of a and, and outline. I knew, and that was the whole thing, but I, I can't find it either. I have got to go through stacks. Of, I thought I put it in a file, Who you know, that? labeled High Can Seek. Who did that come and, from? What's that? Who did that come from? I put one together. And I can't remember. Was it either? Either was it? I thought it was Brad or Jim or somebody got something via Scott Mills. Well, that that was basically just competition. That didn't have anything to do with a proposal to host hiking. 
No, there there was something that came out that talked about, you know, you, there's like the Friday night annual meeting, and then you have hike and seek and probably a, a potluck kind of thing on Saturday night, uh, optional for a CEO event on Sunday or whatever. There, there was something that covered more than just uh, possible competition. As a matter of fact, the document said something to the effect of, if you want to have a competition, this is our general guideline kind of thing. I, I, I can. I, I'm not going to take the time to dig right now, but I'd be happy to try to dig through my files and see if I can find it for somebody after the meeting. Yeah, well, and that's kind of what I'm thinking too. I've got one coming your way. I found it. Oh, super! Thanks, Jim. Um, give me two seconds. Okay, so so when that gets distributed, I'll forward that on to Josh, and or or at least look at it before I forward it to Josh, and you know, tell him this would be great. Here are some of the things you need to look at. Um, would love to see you submit a formal proposal on behalf of Story County Geocachers or whatever your organization is. The more detailed, the better. Yep, got it. Okay, um, finance and fundraising, Liz, anything new other than what's in your reports? Nope, we still have a few calendars left, but, you know, I, th I think the calendar project served its purpose, if, even if we don't, don't sell anymore. Um, you know, we, we had a 150% return on investment, and that's pretty darn good. Uh, also want to mention to anybody listening or... Uh, those who may listen to the recorded meeting at a at a later time, the um, sixth annual annual um, IGO path tag is now in stock and available for sale through the IGO store. Good, and that takes care of the path tag discussion. Anything else new on the store, Liz? Uh, no. Okay. Nominations, Shelley. How are we go how are we doing there? Um, we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, including that includes me. Um we have Mark Kayla, Mark Freed, uh Boardwalkers, Leslie, Crowling, Chris Rowling. Yeah. GM GM Rich, Marsha Rich Richwine. Yep. Lyle V P um, Lyle Van Barrow and Doc29 and of course me. So um, we have all those people that agreed. Um, They've all agreed? Run. Do what? All those on the list have agreed to run? Yes. Okay. And so I'll be putting it on IGO um, tomorrow or Saturday and um, then they'll be introducing themselves on the the web page. Very good. Excellent. Two, three, four, five, six, seven total. Yep. Anything new in land manager uh okay. I guess take care of that. Anything new in land manager relations, Twyla? Nothing really new. Um like I said we 
We had a great event down at Lacey Kiyosaka. They are already asking when the geocachers are coming back, and they're wanting to know if they can do an annual event or maybe come down twice a year and do this. Uh, the friends group at Lacey Kiyosaka brought in coffee and hot water for tea and cocoa early in the morning uh, when we got things set up. And the Visitor Bureau had stuff there to hand out. So, um, yeah, Lacey Kiyosaka was excited. The land managers down there, are, two of them, um, one of them, Justin, is really interested in um, getting his account signed up because his daughter liked it. So um, I think as the land managers in each park, as we go into each park and introduce geocaching to them, give them a feel for what it really is. Um, they'll be more than excited to have geocaches put in their park. And, and I hope each board member now, because, you know, we're not going to be able to cover the whole state. So you all up north there, um, you can do the same thing. And that's kind of the end of it. So. I, w I was kind of thinking that you were going to be the uh, permanent liaison with uh, state parks, and you were just going to go around the state setting up events and caches. Um, yeah, but you know what? <laughs> it's that maintaining those that are three hours away that bothers me a little bit. Yeah. Um, so we are, you know, because, again, we'll be in Creston. There's the state parks down that way in southwest Iowa. Um, you know, if, whether we get hike and seek down there or not, we're not, you know, we're kind of not going to saturate that area until we you know about hike and seek. But again, it's talking with those land managers, and some of them, again, don't understand what what it is that we do, and um, so it's it's an educational process. And and once they learn that, they then they they get excited about us bringing the tourism dollars to their park. So yeah, we'll we'll be hitting several of them. We may not just we just can't do them all. Not ninety nine counties. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Um, real, real quick, I, real quick, I sent that email out to everybody on a response to a reply all off of Liz's um, 501c3 option. So it's sent, so you should all have it. Well, thanks, Jim. Yep. Got it. Um, social media, anything new on the social side? No, newsletter, nothing new on the newsletter. Supporting members. Um, I'm going to mention something about the newsletter. Excellent, okay. Uh, our new Iowa reviewer, Iowa Landmark, a.k.a. Summit Dweller, a.k.a. our beloved webmaster, did mention to me or ran a, an idea by me um, that perhaps he could have a blog as part of a newsletter function of the IGO website. And I told him I thought that would be a great idea because uh, our previous longtime reviewer, the Iowa admin, also had a blog. And so I just thought I'd throw that out and see what people thought about that. Oh, I think that's perfect. I love that idea. And I'll let him know that, that everybody thinks that's a good place to have his blog. Well, two of us do anyway. Yeah. Yes. Well, any naysayers? <laughs> okay. Very good. 
supporting members. You got your Magic 8 Ball out, Liz? Yes, I just did it because I saw it coming up on the uh, on the agenda. We currently have 64 supporting members. I ran the 64 magic number through my random number generator, came up with number 54. For those that want to check the supporting member list that I sent out uh, with my re committee reports, number 54 is none other than Shelly Williams. Oh, well, I'll, I'll be waiting for the the email. <laughs> <laughs> well, you now. Yeah. Well, it's not the email that's so important. It's the secret number that's in the email. Yeah, the authorization code. What the secret <laughs> number is? <laughs> oh, just make one up, Brad. <laughs> uh, excellent. Okay, that brings us back around to the bylaws discussion. I'm going to I'm going to give everybody about uh 1 minute to skim if not uh go through the email that or the uh, PDF that Liz sent earlier in the day and look at option 1 and option 2 and then we'll talk about that. Yeah, Brad, should we uh get the comments of the public again cuz Jeff was waiting. I think he yeah, has just waiting. first time we asked. Okay, that'd be fine. That'd be great. Any uh, public comment at this point? Um, get to the right page here. We seem to we have guest six. We used to have guest five. This room, yeah. Um, Jeff, anything you want to add to the conversation this evening? Can you hear me? Yes, we can. Okay. I got a new phone, so I'm trying to get used to it. I don't, I'm not really familiar with it. Um, this you is in, about your smartphone. With, yeah, I've actually joined the revolution. I've got a smartphone now, and <laughs> I don't know how it works. So, but I guess I did good. Can you still hear me? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah, we hear you. Um, this is in regards to the phone, a friend. Um, back when I was on the IGO Board of Directors in 2006 as treasurer, I think it was 2006, we thought that Phone a Friend would be a good idea because we were trying to draw more people to the site. And it did. So people could actually go to the site and put their name on this list, and the list got larger and larger and larger, and people would be able to download this list and put the phone numbers in their phone. And it was a really good thing. But now this list is only available for supporting members. And that's kind of the problem that I have because that's that was not the intention of having the phone... Uh, as have, is having this phone a friend list. So now as a non-supporting member, which I am right now, but I probably won't be soon, um, the people that have signed up for this cannot view the phone numbers, which makes the list totally useless. So it, it's, it's kind of taken away from what it was intended to be. And 
I guess that's all that I got to say. My okay. first comment will be, uh, as an organi- organization grows, it evolves. Um, yeah. When, when you first implemented the, the phone-a-friend list and, and, and you mentioned the growth, uh, that's a good thing. Yeah. Um, in the past couple of years or so, we've talked about how we can improve our and grow our supporting membership list and we looked for ways that uh for things that, that that we could offer that wouldn't cost us and this was one of the things that that was discussed um i i i can see both sides of the fence um one of the things we did with supporting memberships was we re- reduced the cost it used to be twenty dollars now it's ten so yep. For half the price now, you you still have access to that phone a friend list. I and I wouldn't have any clue as to how often that phone a friend list is used. I do know that I get a lot of phone calls. Um, the phone a friend list is actually um, on your on your profile on our website. There's two fields for phone numbers. One is just a, a phone number that you might provide on your profile, which is strictly uh, only can be seen by by uh, like the webmaster, you know, for uh, profile information. The other field is where you opt in voluntarily to offer your phone number to the phone a friend list, and that's as I said, it's strictly optional. Um, so in in previous discussions with the board, we thought that that was something we could offer as a no cost uh, no cost to IGO benefit to our. I'm welcome to other discussion and viewpoints. Well, Liz, um, you you mentioned that there was how many like 64 uh, supporting members. And I believe there's about 140 people on this phone-a-friend list. So what about the people that are on this phone-a-friend list that have contributed their phone number with the expectation that they're going to be able to pull up the phone numbers of all the other people, and now they can't? That's not that's not how it's set up. It's 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 not you, you don't you you do not have to add your phone a friend number to this list to be able to phone a friend. You're offering your your phone number to be a phone a friend. Okay. It, it, right, but what Jeff is saying is he's offered his number so all these people are going to be calling him to ask about his his caches, but then he doesn't have the opportunity to call back. Exactly. Who's on, who's on the list, he can call them back at another time on their caches. And, and and that's the same theory as, you know, being a premium member on geocaching.com. You know, if you're a premium member, you can generate pocket queries and do some other things that other people can't do. It, it's the same concept. You know, and like I said, you know, you know, we can change it back, but the board will have to talk about it and say, okay, we'll give it back. Okay, let's let's do this. 
Jeff brings up a really good point. He brings some historical perspective to the the reason for the creation of the phone fan friend list. Um, I would suggest that we have this as an item of new business in our July meeting. Everybody take a few minutes to think about this over the next month, and we will bring it up. And we'll discuss it. And if somebody makes a motion to change the current policy, we'll vote on it. Does that seem reasonable? Yeah. Very reasonable. And, sure. and one last thing that I want to say is, why should a non a non supporting member provide this uh, information if it's not going to benefit them? Providing the information as providing your phone friend number. Yes, I'm going to go ahead and provide my phone friend or my number, but I can't see anybody else's. But the phone a friend list is is something that is provided as a, um, a a feature for our entire membership base. Sure. Uh, it's not intended to get that particular person who's providing a phone-a-friend phone number, any benefit. Well, shouldn't, shouldn't everybody that provides their information have the information of every, everyone else? Would that be reasonable? Yeah. Can I, can I ask you to do one thing for me? Actually, two things. Could, okay. you, could you put together your thoughts and email them to me at I Go President? And I will distribute that to the rest of the board between now and the next meeting. And then if you have the time, um, if uh, to, to attend the next meeting as well, if we have any questions or if you've got any further comments at that point before we vote on it, would that be uh, something you could do for us? Sure. That'd be great. Okay. Thank you very much. Okay. Thank you. Uh, anything else from you and or guest six uh, beyond the phone for anything? Hearing nothing. Um, let's move on to uh, the bylaws. And uh, again, uh, I'm sorry, I was reading the chat. Um, I'll give you about a, I'll give you about a minute to uh, look over what Liz said, if you haven't already, and if you have, to go over it again. And when my clock ticks to 8.01, um, we'll come back to that discussion.
Alex, is the time up? Well, so get a minute. I'll come back. Or, or in, in Alex, no, sorry. Your response is incorrect. What did you wager? $63,000 lead and you only wagered $200, you're a loser. <laughs> I'm watching the cement guy mark off my sidewalk right now. <laughs> Okay, my clock says 801. Um, as as a point of clarification, from the minutes, we voted on last meeting the changes that were made, revisions dated 14th of February 2015, and that was approved. Um, I don't have that in front of me, but basically, I think that is option number one. That was what was voted on and approved last meeting. Also, last meeting, we decided that if we wanted to further tweak that, we might have a meeting in between now and then to further clarify. Um, I'll open up the floor for discussion on option one versus option two. Well, since I sent out the email, I guess I should start. Um, I, I have to say that that um, I personally have some reservations about what we agreed to at the last meeting. Uh, I understand um, that we did agree to it, and that's pretty much, you know, it's, in stone without any other changes. However, uh, what we have in stone um, does talk about an electronic voting for an e-board not, pro not less than one week prior to hike and seek. And that's one of the things we have not really nailed down is the election of the e-board. And I am concerned about a smooth transition uh, with old and new directors, old and new e-boards from year to year. And I think what we've got in place, what we approved at the last meeting, still allows for a little bit of uh, confusion or um, lack of smooth tra transitioning. And that's why I offered option two, which is basically my viewpoint on both my understanding of the original unchanged bylaws prior to February and what we voted on uh, last month. And as I, as I proposed in option two, basically it's saying, okay, we have the election for the directors, the election is confirmed by the secretary. The new directors are 
are um, notified. And between that point and Hike and Seek, we work on nominations for the e-board. Who, who is being nominated, who accepts uh, uh, a nomination to each of the um, officer positions, and that we, that we go back to, this would require a change on last month's vote, to conducting the e-board voting at the regular meeting slash annual members meeting. Um, I also suggest that uh, with this problem that we spend so much time on regarding when do we seat the new directors, I suggest that we open up that meeting at Hike and Seek to the first order of business is to seat the new members. That makes them eligible to vote. Then we open up the e-board voting via uh, secret paper vote to an independent third party. We conduct our business. That third party uh, tabulates the votes, and at the end of the meeting, uh, the outgoing president or the current president in this – in this, uh, well, I, no, I won't say that – the the president at the time coming into the meeting will announce the uh, the results of the e-board election and the reason that i provided these these two options the first option obviously is i hope is a, a general um and accurate description of what we've discussed to this point the option number two I provided for two reasons basically for a a more smooth transition between old old directors, new directors, old e-board, new e-board, and I'm using the e-board within the, the 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 logic of how the bylaws were that were originally written for our 501c3. The e-board is going to be the glue that that gets that smooth transition, a successful smooth transition between old and new. Um, also, the other point that I made, if we, if, if we somehow figured out a way to tweak these bylaws to do all this prior to hike and seek, you're going to possibly have a new president, vice president, secretary, treasurer, that only have a little over a week to try to figure out what to do. And I'll tell you, I came in on this board three years ago, and I was a new director, and I got elected treasurer, and and everything got thrown at me. It's like, hey, you know, you got to come over here and count money. Okay, well, I know how to count money, but trying to figure out how I'm going to embrace my treasurer role, I had between that hike-and-seek and, seek and the, the October meeting to to, to – Come back down to gr the ground, and and focus and and talk to people and get information from people, and I'll tell you I could not have done that in in a week. Transferring the torch from one person to another in 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 an officer role takes a, a lot more time than a week. Mine probably more so than everyone else, but each of those four officers needs time, and so that's why I'm suggesting that we kind of go back to a little bit more of the original bylaws, and we have that e-board meeting sometime at the annual member meeting Friday night. I, 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 like I said, I threw this together really quick this afternoon, 
and and it certainly isn't set in stone, but this is what I'm suggesting, and I'm open to question and discussion. And and this is my take, and I'm telling you, Liz, we've been down this road. Having that election of officers at that meeting is problematic. That's why you need to do that. First of all, the old board finishes up in September. Then you've got a whole month. The new board is, is seated at the end of that annual meeting. They take over after that annual meeting. Then you're on your own. I mean, that new board is the new board. And the old board is done. Um, so the old board should finish up their, their meeting or at the annual meeting, the old board finishes up the business just like we've always done in the past. The only thing different will be your e-board election will be done electronically prior to that. And then the announcement is made, and then you take over in October as a new board. You have your officers. You've got a month to do whatever you need to do. You don't want to do that face-to-face. -face. You don't want to have – you just don't want to do it that way. Well, I'm not, That's why I'm all not, that discussion in the past. I, I'm not saying do it face-to-face. -face. No, you're saying, saying to do it right then and there. You're saying to do it at that meeting then and there. You don't want to do that. You don't want that headache, as in the past has proven to be nothing but a nightmare, especially for the secretary. I'm telling you, it's a nightmare. And you want to have this done before hike and seek. You want to know who your new, your new e-board is going to be, they will be introduced at the end of that meeting, like in September. Brad should conduct the business meeting. We, as the old members going out, I'm not running. I will have no say in your e-board election, nor would I want to. That's that. The new board being introduced, just like we talked about. The new board will make their election of officers at the physical meeting in September. You will have our annual meeting with the old board concluding the business. In October, the new board is on their own. And you have your officers. You know who they're going to be. They're introduced at that physical meeting in September. It, it, it shouldn't be complicated, in my opinion. Yeah, I think, I think part of it, Twyla, is with, with all the discussion, Last month, I wasn't even certain where we bought out. <laughs> so I think part okay. of this was uh, that we thought that it was the new officers conducting the meeting in September, which I didn't agree with. But that's not what the document said then, as Twyla just explained. So. Mm -hmm. No, it's, it has always been, always, always, always been, since we had to do this. When Richard Booman first started working on this whole process and the bylaws by Susie were written down, and we had to have this physical face-to-face -face meeting of the membership in order to even apply for the 501c3. That's why, this is how this all came about. When I came on the board, it none of this was even out there because we the, the pursuit of the 501c3 thing was not being done. It was always on the agenda, even when I came on the board eight years ago whenever it was. So I'm just saying, you know, the when we did that under Richard, <coughs> the physical meeting in September, that was the end of the board's tenure. 
We were done. The new board started in October. And for those of you who didn't attend those hike and seek, when we were all sitting up front trying to nominate officers in front of the whole thing, it, it was uncomfortable. It was awful. It was absolutely awful. And, and Twyla, that's, new... that's what I'm trying to say here is is the nominations and, and doing all that, we can do that ahead of the game. Absolutely, and you but, should, and do your voting voting and do your voting. Say at hike and seek, by secret, yeah. silent, paper ballot no. to a third no. party, independent. Uh, you could be the person we submit all the votes to. No, absolutely not. <laughs> not well, having someone no like you, someone who's not on the board anymore. Yeah. But but that's why you do it through Mark or the webmaster or his his cohort. And you need two people. You need um, two people willing to verify that vote. And that's why, you know, I always suggested Mark and whoever he would pick as his cohort. But you need to do that electronically prior to high concede. That needs to be taken care of, be done with. Honestly. The only problem with that, Twyla, is the discussion we spent so much time on last month is the the – description of seating of the new directors. What I'm you offering that at the I, very end of the meeting on Friday night, that's your annual meeting, you seat your new directors. Your meeting's done. Friday night, you're done. You seat your new members. Well, the, you seat your new members, but but how can you seat new members if they've already voted on e-board a week prior? That's the problem is is the wording of seating of the new members. My my option is saying, hey, you know, you notify your that the new members that they're on the board. We have email communications. We build it just like Shelley reported we've got seven new people to, to run for the board this this year. They've all been notified, they'll all get added. We can do the same thing with the e-board. Once the new board has been elected at the close of the 14-day window, email communications to build an, a, a nomination list, and then we have a paper ballot ready and available for the new board members at Hike and Seek at the beginning of the meeting on Friday night. You submit your, your, your paper ballot to that third-party independent people, and and they tabulate the votes while we conduct the rest of the meeting. And at the end of the meeting, the e board is is announced. There, there's there's no secret meeting. There's no separate meeting uh, of the directors. It's it's done while the regular board meeting is being conducted. And so the people that are counting the votes and and they're off the site doing that, they're missing out on the meeting. Oh, I think they could probably be there. Well, I'm just saying. I mean, you know, if you're signing them a signing them a job, so and, and not that I guess you know what, I, I really don't care. Um, you guys just do what you want to do. Move to me at this point. Um, Let's back it up. It really is. Let's back up just a step. Okay, reading from the what we voted on and approved last month. 
Um, officers of the corporation shall be elected annually by the board of directors electronically no later than one week prior to the regularly scheduled annual meeting. Um, then we go on into specify two neutral parties, conduct an audit for voting in the event of tie, blah, blah, blah. We struck um, the at the annual, regular annual meeting. So at this point in time, what we voted on and approved, the board of directors, the e-board um, is going to be voted on prior to I can see, prior to that meeting. Um, election of board of directors. That we I don't think that's going to change either way in the um, 159 on the third Friday of August, uh, 1201 on the first Friday of August. So the discussion as I see it is down to voting to change the bylaws again to accommodate or to or to further clarify when we seat board members and who gets to vote on and when the voting occurs between for the e-board. Um, in Liz's option two, both incoming and outgoing board members are eligible to vote on the new e-board. No. No. She says nope. just only on regular business. Um, accepts nominations, a confirmed list, the new board should, in keeping with both outgoing and incoming directors, will conduct the regular annual meeting. The regular annual meeting, not the e-board election. Right, but... Oh, okay. The secretary will hand out voting ballots to the nine directors of the new board. Okay. What you're what you're proposing what you're proposing in option two is that the entire board go into a separate room to vote on the e board during the middle of no. the, the annual meeting. No. 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 I, as I said, I threw this together rather quickly. I am suggesting that the very beginning of the meeting, we open the the meeting, we seat the new directors, the secretary hands out ballots to the the nine existing new board members. You are to be prepared to fill that out quickly and hand it to the third party independent tabulator. We we move on and con and and well, continue with our business of the meeting. They will be tabulated during our meeting and will be given to you, Brad, to announce the results at the end of the meeting, and the new e-board will be announced. So if we knew, so if we know a week ahead of time who the new board is, and everybody knows, the, old, the new board knows, the old board knows, why do we need to wait until the annual meeting to have them vote on who the new e-board is going to be. 
It's the whole question of when the new directors that have been elected have been seated. This avoids that whole contingency problem. I, I think, and perhaps it's, it's in there somewhere, I think all we need to do is make sure that we say in there that the people who can vote are both the incoming and the outgoing. You know, it really doesn't make a difference if they're seated. I mean, Liz, I know what you're saying is that technically we've always said they're not seated until that meeting, and that's when we've done the vote. If we decide to vote earlier, which I think we did last time, that's what's written in there, we just we just have to specify who's eligible to vote. The so other even though they're not officially seated, that we're saying the new incoming members can cast a vote for the equals. Well, and that's the other the other little tidbit that I haven't mentioned yet. I spent time, again, as I said, reading the bylaws for the umpteenth time this afternoon, and those bylaws mention many times about doing this, that, and the other thing at this point in time, and if it can't be done at this point in time, it should be done as soon as possible thereafter. There is no reference about any of these functions we're talking about tonight being done in advance of said specific date. That is my concern. These bylaws were built by an attorney. There's no option available in any of these bylaws to do things in advance of any set specific date. It's all as soon as thereafter. Or is there anything that precludes that? We're, we're, we're talking about moving everything up in advance of all this stuff. We're changing the bylaws to, to a point where we don't know if it's legally right or Robert's rules of order, right? That is my concern, and and that's all I'm going to say. Well, I'm voting on the new e-board. It's not going to disrupt the meeting either. I'll entertain a motion. I make a motion to um, use option two, where we um, give the the new directors on the board paper ballots for them to um, vote for it and give to the third party and have it announced at the end of the meeting before we adjourn. Twenty-four Hawkeye seconds. In discussion on the motion. So at the at the beginning of the meeting, the old directors are in charge of the meeting. Then after the meeting's adjourned, the announcement is made, and we have a new board. No. No. At the beginning of the meeting, the new directors are announced and seated. Okay. That's any any attending, outgoing or and incoming board members will participate in any business to be conducted throughout the meeting. At the end of the meeting, the the new e-board is announced and the torch is passed. All right. Explain that that to me again because, again, who's running the meeting? Five more directors to the board until the end of the meeting and then four of the directors, hopefully four of the directors, get off the board and the Four new ones get back on. As um, so, you're going to have any, any business 
that's going on at that annual meeting, at that point in time, Brad's still the president, right? Correct. Right. And then any business, everybody's going to be voting. Anybody who wishes to participate, any outgoing? No, you can, well, you can, yeah, if you can't just make that wishy-washy, Liz, either. No. If, if you want to, if you want to fine tune things, you've got to be very specific. No, as Jim said in last month's meeting, and this is point four in option two, in keeping with the seven to fifteen directors rule, both outgoing and incoming directors will conduct the regular annual meeting. We will have less than 15 directors. Twyla, if you're there and you're outgoing and you want to voice something during the meeting, fine, say something. Or just declare an abstain. I just don't have a vote, right? I yes. don't have a vote. Yes, no. you will. Everybody has a vote. You're still on the board. You're still at on what? the board until the meeting is concluded. At what point do we seat the new directors? At the very beginning of the regular meeting. So, if that's the case, then, and I haven't read the bylaws, and I don't think there's anything in there to to define this, but the question needs to be asked, when the new directors are seated, do the old directors then become, to, to, for lack of a better word, extinct? We talked about this at last month's meeting. Jim pointed out that we can have we can we can have, but that doesn't mean that we do have. So at what point do they, on that. listen to me, at what point do the old directors no longer have a vote? That's not specified in the bylaws. It's always been assumed that the old directors no longer have a vote when the new directors do. Well, if, if you want to go by the letter of the law in how the bylaws are constructed, a director is on the board until, until the annual member meeting and until a successor has been named. Right. So if you want to go by the letter of the law, as soon as, as soon as the new directors are seated at the beginning of the board meeting, then, then those that are going off the board are extinct in in the the word that you exactly. use. Exactly. So, and so the new board is going to conduct the business right then and there, Liz. So yeah. the new and, and I have is, no problem with that. But, but I really don't. And and then you have the problem that the new board may be be being conducted with an e board that. Exactly. But that's, well, and but that's, that's how you set up. Yes, that, that drives everybody nuts. And then all those e-board members are brand new to that meeting. Right. And they don't, they don't know. This is why I went back to that 7 to 15 rule. In that interim period, during that meeting, all of us, outgoing and incoming, can all be part of the board, as Jim pointed out in the last meeting. Can be the aren't. We're not going to put it at a, a specific second in time. From the beginning of the board meeting to the end of the board meeting, we're all on the board. You want to vote? Fine. You don't want to vote? Fine on the outgoing people. To me, that is logical. Well, what I was asking was that if you seat the, the new board at the beginning of the meeting. Giving them the ability to vote. Right. 
but if you're going to seat them, then when they do their ballot casting, that's during the meeting, and then at the at the end of the meeting or during the meeting, they're going to find out if we have a new president, vice president, secretary, and treasurer. So is that so? Who's conducting the meeting? Because if you're casting the ballots during the meeting, then it no. couldn't really be the new people coming on, the potential new people coming on. It would have to be the old board would have to run that meeting and then cast the ballots. Everybody finds out who's who. When the meeting's adjourned, those new people now have a job. Well, that's the that that's the point of the question of our discussion. Right. Is, is it a single second, you know, millisecond point in time when this transition takes place, or do we want to interpret these bylaws as the the regular meeting is a a a thirty forty five sixty minute transitional point in time where everybody's involved? So, Twyla, what you said is that. If everybody's together, that's kind of hectic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's there just some better. Like that, that can happen. Mm-hmm. Okay. And and quite frankly, the the meeting, you, you're you at the September membership meeting. I mean that's that's why we have to do it this way. Is that the bylaws? In order to get that 501c3, said you had to have a physical. Yes. Annual face-to-face meeting with the membership. I mean that there was just no way around it. Okay. Right. Okay. So we decided to do this around hike and seek time, which would be the best time for the full membership to get together. Would be now, when you so always in the past the old board conducted the business meeting, and usually it's not a big deal. It's right. it's kind of you know, you, we're not going to bring up any new business. If there's any old business, it's going to be probably not much. Okay. Um, we're going to move through that rather quickly as an as the old board. At the end of the meeting, the new board is announced. Your president, vice president, secretary, treasurer will be announced and introduced to the membership, and we're done. And the new board is then in charge right. of IGO. I mean that's. And that makes you, the you, most and, sense. And the 15, and the having this, the idea of, of a 15 member board was depending on growth. She, that's what, that's the only reason why that number is in there. There is no reason to have old board members and new members voting on something. I mean, my, it, my whole, my whole intention of bringing that up about the 15 board members last meeting was so that all this stuff could be done prior to the meeting. We could we can have the election, we can we can say they're new members, we can do all this stuff so that by the time that, that new meeting that annual meeting rolls around, they're they're up and running. Okay. That that was the intention of of me saying, you know, that's that's so we can carry the fifteenth directors, fourteen, whatever there would be after the election. Right. And I'm and sure that's those, why that was wrote in there was because there's gonna then, be a small window of overlap. Right. That way, the new the, the new people coming in and the current people that are still on the board 
can vote for their e-board prior to that meeting, know who that e-board is going to be, and all that stuff can be done. It can be done electronically. It's sent to Mark. It's sent to Chuck E. Cheese. It's sent to whoever it goes to. Yep. And then all that's taken care of before you ever get there, and then at the annual meeting you can seat them at the beginning of the meeting. And everybody knows what's going on. There's no confusion. There's no uncomfortable face-to-face. I'm mad at you because right. you're mad at me and all this whole right. stuff that goes on at that is is eliminated. Okay, so Jim, and then September's meeting. It starts and it's the new board. Okay. If, if, I may, if I may interject one real quick thing here. Section dot, section 4.3 of the bylaws says, second, okay, uh, actually it's about the fourth sentence. Each director shall hold office until the annual meeting of members and until the director's successor shall have been elected, qualified, and seated at the annual members' meeting. Now, whether that happens at the beginning of the meeting or at the end of the meeting or at this point is up for discussion, but that one particular sentence seems to preclude us from doing it before the meeting um, and certainly seems to preclude us from having old members and new members um, at the same time because um, each director shall hold office until they have been elected, qualified, and seated. So you can't have you can't have two sets of office. You can't have two sets of directors at the same time. At least that's the way I read that sentence. Yeah, that's that's the the, the core of of the problem that we're facing and discussing. And Brad, that was section which four dot three of the revised yes um, minutes or revised bylaws that we voted on as of February fourteenth. That was the last <laughs> that was, was written. And and none of the bylaws mention anything about doing anything before. It's all at or after. And I I don't see what the problem is about building a ballot between the end of the Board of Directors election and the annual members meeting, building that ballot for the e-board and getting it done just before, just after, just at the very beginning, giving the, the... the new directors, the ability to vote. We spent a lot of time last month on on trying to determine what is the actual timing of the seating of the new directors. We see them at the beginning well, of the meeting. Well, the, the the main change here then really is, and I think this goes to what Twyla was talking about, Jim, you mentioned too, is the awkwardness of doing that face-to-face. Really what you're suggesting is just, and I think Shelley started the motion, is that we do it by a ballot so that you don't have it out in the open face-to-face. Is that pretty much just that? You give it to some designated third person that's not part of the meeting. And you're not So, So, Jim and Twyla, I mean, do you think that would be better if we still do it at that time, but do it by ballot? Well, we did it by ballot last year. We did it before the meeting, but you still have that uncomfortable, gee, I got, I was running for it, and I got voted out, 
So now all of a sudden, um, what do I do in the meantime? What 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 I'm proposing, folks, is there's going to be a paper ballot, or there would be a paper ballot to be handed out either just in advance of the uh, of the regular board meeting or right at the beginning of the regular board meeting, and it's going to be turned into someone that, that is not part of the board meeting, and they can tabulate votes while we have that board meeting. We're not going to have a separate back room uh, well, here's, here's the, here's meeting the where, where we have to look each other in the eye and say, you know, I'm going to vote for this person, you know, who's nominated, who's this? Here's, here's the problem with that is, gosh darn it, I want to be on the e-board this year, so I'm gonna I'm gonna say yes. I'll run for every position, and I don't win president. If you if you have one ballot, you're gonna have set out at the beginning of the thing, and I don't get to be president. Maybe I want to be vice president, but I can't because I put my name up in the president thing. And on the other hand, if I put my name up for all four positions. I could win all four positions and be the king of the world. <laughs> that is a whole so other. You, uh, you have to have four different votes on on the e board. I feel because, like I said, if I if I sit down here tonight and say, "Gosh darn, I want to be on the e board regardless of what position I get," so yes, I will accept a nomination for president, and I don't win. Well, yes, I will accept a pre- nomination for vice president. And I don't win, so okay, then I'll be secretary. So, but if I if I say yes, I'll accept a nomination for all four. Can I be on the ballot for all four spots? Well, that's going to be an issue whether it's done electronically one week before or that night. That that problem will continue. It's four to... different votes. It's not it's not an issue. It's not a problem. It has to be four different votes because. Yeah. Because well, somebody the bylaws has to be on the board that wants to be on the board something because, because they, they could only pick one position they wanted to be. So whether you do it whether you do it a week in advance and on on Monday we vote for president, on Tuesday we vote for vice president, on Wednesday we vote, you know, you can have your list of who wants to be in that candidacy and who wants to run for what position. But if I want to be up for all four positions because I want to be on the e-board and be in that loop, then I, I can't do that on one ballot. So there has to be four votes, whether you do it at, like I said, President Monday, Vice President Tuesday, however you do it, because, because okay, so there's four people that are up for president. So you vote for one of those four people on Monday. The three that didn't get on might run for vice president. So then those people are still up on there, plus the people that I don't want to be president, but I'd be vice president. So now you've got five people in the running for vice president the next day, or four or two or whatever you got. But you've got to have separate votes for each thing because people are going to get left out of being on the board of, well, I'd like to be president, but... I'm only going to put my name on for secretary because I don't know if I have a shot at being president. But so, so you have to do that in four votes. Whether you whether you do it during that meeting and you have to turn in four papers 
paper ballots on each position or whatever, but as far as I'm concerned, that needs to be four votes. What's everybody else think? Well, based on that, Jim, and I knew this would come up in discussion, uh, my suggestion would be to start that process um, with the president voting at the at the annual members' meeting, continue it electronically in the days following. If you want to do it one by one, I, think I you don't have to. think it should be done in advance of the annual members' meeting. We can elect a, a president that night, and we'll move forward from there. Well, that's fine, but like I say, I, I, I think it needs to be four different votes. Whether you do one that night, it doesn't matter. But like I say, what's everybody else think? Has anybody seen the chat window? Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm reading it now. I have IGO members, and Jeff, I think there's a, have the IGO members vote. Well, and, and Jeff, you're talking about board of directors. The, the IGO membership has has not, um, according to our bylaws, the membership itself cannot vote for the e-board. Correct. That uh, board votes for their own yes. officers. Yes. Yeah. So, so it's two separate meetings, as has been. Right. Yeah. Well, and that's basically what we were proposing or what we were going for when we voted last month. We were going to do the first meeting a week prior, and then the second meeting was the big meeting with everybody. But the bylaws don't allow for voting prior to that meeting. Right. Of course, the other, the other catch-22 that you run into is that if you seat the new board at the beginning of the annual meeting, then the likelihood, especially this year, that the president who is running the meeting is no longer even on the board is uh, rather high. So then who's running the meeting? That's why the outgoing president needs to run the meeting. Well, but if he's, if he's no longer on the board, how can he run the meeting? That, that, that's that transitional 30, 60, 90-minute moment in time that we're discussing allow for, that. For, for a smooth transition right but the bylaws don't allow for that no um, the bylaws say that 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 election if it's not conducted at the regular board meet regular annual meeting slash annual meeting of the members it should be conducted as soon as possible thereafter Oh, I think that's a great idea. I really do. I really think then what we should do is the old board then will conduct that September meeting and the new board members seated and then they can decide how they want to elect their officers afterwards. If they want to do it on paper ballot, they can do that. If they want to do it email, they can do that. I think that's an excellent idea. Do it afterwards. And, and, and I think Jeff is suggesting that, too. I think the president too. needs to be voted on that evening. The rest of the board can be voted by the new board thereafter at the earliest possible convenience. 
Yeah, I could see that because somebody would have to organize, somebody's got to organize the rest of the voting. But the president, mm-hmm. at the end of the meeting, if the president is voted. So, so we're not going to seat the new board members until after the meeting is over. No, we have to seat them at the beginning of the board meeting. No, they, it would they have to be after. Board business. Right, but if we seat them at the beginning of the meeting, then who's running the meeting? Because the president right. isn't the board member anymore. Because the president would have to run the meeting until after the meeting, the voting of the president. So now the president hands over the gavel to the new president. The new president organizes the rest of the voting. Because if you if you leave it up in the air, then who's it, who's really in charge? Yeah. Well, if you if you seat the new board members at the beginning of the meeting, and the pres then the president is no longer at least in this case, the president is no longer on the board. Right. Where do you go? Who's in right. charge? Well, no, no, I think the way to look at it is we're seating the we're seating the new board members, but that doesn't mean that the executive. Uh, the e board is changing yet. It's just you're seating the new right. members. It's just so regular that's board why members. Okay, <laughs> now here's here's devil's advocate on the whole thing. Um on the year that there's five board members going out, all five of them go out, but we're still conducting that meeting. So we change all the rules, we have all kinds of votes and there's still a majority of us going out. And I say us meaning whoever the five ex-board members are, all all five of them get ticked off for whatever reason. So we're getting out. So at that meeting that we're in charge of in front of God and everybody, because we're still in charge of it, and we're still able to vote if we choose to, we change everything. <laughs> and, then, and then we say, all right, thanks for letting us be on your board, and walk off, and the new board's got to scramble with, a whole bunch of new rules that got voted in and changes that were made because you're letting people that are that are leaving that may or may not be disgruntled are going to change stuff how they want to change it. So I think I think it's got to be set before just as a safety net for the new people coming in. And, that, that. And, that, and that's a rare occasion. That, that's not going to happen. Right. But it's always a possibility. Right. And that could happen the month before. We could make okay. a motion today to give us all $1,000. No, we can't do that. Oh, we can't? No. We can't pay the full. It's in the bylaws. Okay. Um, that's in the bylaws. It's a donation. Is, is there a motion on the floor? Somebody remind me. Yeah, yeah. Really made a, a motion. Okay, so the motion on the floor is option two, if I remember correctly. Then being being remanded right. to pass to pass off the ballot. Um, and Kelly, why don't you reread that back to us? I made a motion to pass off the ballot to the new the uh, to the new board members and to vote taking them to the third party, and then the votes would be tabulated and then um, um, announced at the end of the meeting. Okay. That was, was your motion, and there was a second. 
I think we need a vote. We've had a vote. We've had a motion and we've had a second. All in favor of the motion on the floor, signify by saying aye. 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 I count four ayes. Any more? All opposed? Signify by saying nay. I hear no nays. We must assume then that we have four abstained. Um, the motion passes. So we have, once again, changed the bylaws to reflect option two that Liz presented in her email this afternoon. Is there any other further discussion on bylaws? Um, I have one. Yes, Shelley. The, um, on the on the minutes, we accepted that um, February what 14th um, changes to the bylaws. So that means that that third Thursday of August didn't get put in there. It's still Friday. Uh, I was hoping for someone to bring that up. Um, Brad, I know you don't uh, get on the website much. I, I would be happy to change the bylaws per our approved motions. That would be good. Do we just want to just go ahead and make a motion to change that Friday to a Thursday? Uh, we agreed on that last month. No, we agreed to um, everything that was changed oh, that, February 14th to be forced. That's right, Shelley. That's right. We did. Yes. Yes. I agree with you. So we need to make a motion. I, I make a motion to change the on the third Friday of August in section 4.2 to make it the third Thursday of August. Correct. Yes. Uh, 24 Hawkeye seconds. All in favor say aye. 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 All opposed, nay. No opposition. That has passed. Any further discussion on bylaws changes? I yeah, will get to those bylaws changed, and I would like everyone at – I'll let you know when I have them changed, and I'll send you an email, and please critique uh, my changes per our – Agreed motions. Got it. Okay. Since we're at the end of the agenda, and since I we are now at uh, 8.51-ish, and I've run out of wine, I would, uh, I would entertain a motion to adjourn. No, motions to adjourn? 24 Hawkeye seconds. All in favor say aye. 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 Motion approved. Meeting is adjourned. Thanks, Brad. Oh, just, uh... With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.